Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Music Lab Podcast. My name is Doug, and I'm here at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. I mean, let me rephrase, one of the greatest cities in the world, Austin, Texas, with my friends, South for Winter. Guys, how are we feeling? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> a little tired, but loving life. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so these guys literally just got off the boat, right? Yeah. yeah. Quite I, literally. <laughs> that's true. We did. <laughs> you know, it was really good. Yeah, we were just yeah, talking about it. Yeah. It's, a, it's called the River Boat, and it's a, it's a new Nashville collective. Do you want to explain more about that one? Yeah, so it's actually started by some Nashville artists, which is really cool, and sponsored by Bose. So they essentially rent a boat that they have acts alternate between the upper floor and the lower floor. And so it's just constant music. They only allow like a hundred people onto the boat. So there's just people lining up to get on and you spend two hours listening to five different acts. And then come back to Harvard. talent out there today. It's free great. drinks too, right? Free drinks, and free tacos, tacos yeah, which were fire. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> so you guys got into town when though? couple nights ago well, okay. yeah yeah we, we had a pretty big journey because we uh danny and i actually came straight from new zealand to get back to america in time for south by southwest yeah. alex met us in colorado where we had our dog and our van parked up at the in-laws and uh, then we drove the 13 hours in one day south from colorado springs to austin so we got in about one in the morning got up at eight tuesday morning the, yeah. yeah the party started went straight to our first showcase at noon so down to the wow. new zealand showcase yeah uh, on red river i think it is yeah. mm -hmm. 13th floor 13th floor yeah, yeah, such yeah. a cool yeah. spot yeah okay, nice. mm. and then we played our official at saxon pub that night as well which was uh, and an unbelievable listening oh, room. Yeah. It was yeah, so much just, fun. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. It's yeah. our first time coming to South by Southwest. So you really go into every show with as low expectations as possible yeah. so that they're always surpassed. So turning up to Saxon Pub, we were like, what is this? This is incredible. Yeah. Like the sound engineer was on point. It sounded mm -hmm. amazing in there. And everyone was, uh, I think it was well received. So yeah. we've been invited back again tomorrow night, which would be cool. Yeah, which yeah. is not always the case <laughs> down here. Trust me, I've spent, just this week, I mean, we've seen some bands where there was some struggle or there was oh. some, you know, feedback uh, where, you know, just pierced yeah. your ears. From, oh, you know. yeah, that's it's, rough. It's one of the it's hardest the jobs, you know. No. Like, but you, you're, you imagine being a sound guy, you just say, I'm just trying to plug everything in, and then you've got, like, potentially a thousand people watching you while yeah. things are going wrong, and you're trying to troubleshoot. Mm -hmm. like, you got ten strength. minutes. Yeah, you got ten the minutes. The stress of going from one band to another band and... This yeah. sound engineer today, this poor lady, she, again, there was probably at least five or six times where, you know, you heard the feedback. Oh, no. She was hitting this vape pen so much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like her anxiety. Was like, oh, that's good. The sound engineer or the artist? No, the sound engineer. Like, the band was just kind of like, smile. Yeah, smile. Her lungs were. She's talking the next morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's man. the thing. You, you get the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, yeah. there's so many events going on at South by Southwest. It's insane that they can curate it as well as they do. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, it. Yeah. it is crazy. We've been there. I feel like in order to be able to smile through it, you have to have bad sound so many times that you just have to be able to, like, be able to know what you're playing, even if you can't hear a single note that you're playing. We've played so many gigs mm -hmm. where we're like, 
did someone have a recording of that? Because we don't know what a single person was playing. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like a rite of passage, yeah. but it so, sucks. So let's talk about a little bit about songwriting. And so mm. are you guys more of a music first than lyrics or more lyrics first than music? Production-wise, you know, have you used the same producer for, you know, give me a little bit of synopsis and give the audience a little. For sure. Um, I think at the core, Danny and I tend to try to write the songs together. And when it comes to then doing the music aspect, Alex and I kind of do a lot of the composition together. Okay. So it's it's like the and it, it might the melodies and, and lyrics do tend to come from this lovely lady Danny right here. And um, I would love to claim some of the poetry, but I can't really. I might just have a concept and I'll be like, all right, make it sound pretty. Hey, you've got all the beautiful guitar parts. Thank you. And we all and you've got all the beautiful cello and other parts too. So. He's like the Everyone's icing on the cake. Yeah, that's not the main bag. That's what keeps me hired. <laughs> He's the most trained one of the three of us. He's the classically trained one. So, but it also yeah. means you can fit around the other parts. So, like bringing, like mm -hmm. I like working with structure and, and the evolution of the song, and then when we've kind of got what we we're looking for, he can dance between a third part harmony to the also the bass parts. So we often separate things frequency wise where he'll be kind of at the bottom frequency, I'm sort of in the middle with the guitar and male voice, and then Danny's sort of at the higher end of the spectrum. Um, so spectrum's probably not the right word to use for you there. Oh, that's a good spectrum. Frequency range. Yeah. 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 There we go. She's on the spectrum somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Only sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. When no, I said no, I was like, that doesn't sound so good. It's not right. It's not really, it's not really PC anymore. She's in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? That's true. But uh, yeah, we have worked with the same producer yeah. from our first uh, EP, How the Mountain, through uh, our first album, Lux Umbra, yeah. to our next album that we're going to be releasing next year as well. So yeah. Matt Lay is the guy who's uh, who's produced and he's behind the desk for us. He actually played bass on the last album. Okay. And um, yeah, he's he got a couple of Grammys working with Willie Nelson as well. So yeah. And how did you guys he's connect very talented. with him? Through very random, yeah. yeah, through a Facebook page, the same one that we got connected to Alex through. So essentially, I saw this producer post onto this Facebook page in Nashville that's to connect Nashville creatives, and he was teaching production and mixing at a school mm -hmm. of um, sound engineering in Nashville. Yeah. So he said, Hey, I need a band that I'll record a free song for you. Um, and I'll just be able to use you to teach the students how to mic things up and how to record. He said, Submit your music, I'm going to pick one band out of all the submissions. So there were probably 50 to 100 comments on it. So I submitted us, and he happens to pick us. Um, he likes the instrumentation as an acoustic band, so he could teach them more miking. Recorded this song for us in the school, and we loved it. We were like, mm. wow, this is the best recording. That song, that was the first Twine. Song. No, it was Whispers Which, in the Trees. Oh, no, you're right. It was Whispers in the Trees. Off the first EP, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And so then we ended up like basically recording that whole EP at a combination of doing the rhythm section in the studio and then and then using our own wash closet to try to like do all the vocals and cello oh, and man. Yeah. and then we gave them oh, all wow. the parts. And we almost yeah. burned down we almost burned down their apartment because we were using yeah, it was supposed to be a like a little closet for washer and dryer and we turned it into an ISO cab for amps. And so we had oh, yeah. we had combo <laughs> amps in there for like six hours just wrapped in blankets. And by the time we were done so with overdubs and we opened we were like, oh these are about to come. Bust. Oh my I God. forgot about that. That was on uh, 
Fourth of July. Yeah, Fourth of July. Was, so we're trying to fight fireworks <laughs> in the neighborhood. In the background, just leading into our vocal takes is fireworks. And the, fact, the fact that he managed to make that audio salvageable enough yeah. to put it onto an EP, I was like, you're the right man to do an album yeah. with, you know? You're yeah. a magician. Yeah, a magician. <laughs> He's a very patient man. He's very patient. It's true. It's true. But it's cool working with him because... He's heard us from the beginning before we knew what kind of music we wanted to play. We are just kind of throwing everything at the wall, trying everything out. And then Luxumbra was a bit of the same, which was our full album we did with him. So we kept 20s, kind of... 20s when you were yeah, listening. good memory. So we just kept throwing things at the wall. He was throwing in a lot of opinions too, so he was kind of helping push us into a classic rock direction. Okay. And then with this current album, we're producing it with him actually, which is really exciting to like produce it alongside of him because now we know what we want yeah. and he understands how our minds work. So he knows when to push us and when to stand back and let us do what we want to do. Yeah. We really, really good relationship. Loved, like the classic rock elements of the first album, but in reflection um, as kind of a more Americana folk band on the road, um, it's hard to replicate full on drum fills without a drummer. Um, yeah. So there's only so much you can do on an acoustic guitar or a or And a there's pitch. so much technology you can do. Right? Yeah. 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 We, we had to be like, do we want to use tracks or do we want to do it all live? And we still really want to be an organic band, organic instrumentation. And so then we started getting into like thinking, maybe if we went less classic rock and more post-rock, because there's a lot more space in post-rock rhythm sections. We're like the drums still sound huge and full, but that space and that soundscape is that often used in a lot of my favorite music, like Lord Heron or Fleet Foxes. So it's sort of trying to take, I guess, it's still like an artist, right? Find your favorite stuff and apply it to what we do. So, mm. I mean, we're, something in the stars is, is a bit of a taste of the new direction we want to go. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So going forward, though, playing those songs off the EP live, how do you, or or do you just kind of steer away from them going forward? Like, cause you, as you said, that's a challenge. There are some songs we don't play. Okay. There are some songs that we just don't feel are served well enough without percussion. And mm -hmm. so we, we do, Chris Carney, the, the drummer who played with us on the first EP and, and Lux Umbra is phenomenal. And okay. he's like our Yoda. He's our, our sort of our Nashville mentor and, and spiritual mm -hmm. leader. And, uh, You're yeah, yes. but he is a, he's just a mad genius behind the kit. So if we're home playing a show, we try to bring him on and, gotcha. and that way we can resurrect some of those. But most of the time we just, we want to serve our songs as best we can. And the new music helps us do that. We're, mm -hmm. we're tailoring music to our live show and our studio capabilities. Mm -hmm. Well, you fin we finished that first album and then we listened back to it and we're like, is this us? Yeah. Like it was so big. The sound was massive because we went into it as a three piece trio that's sure. doing folk stuff. And then all of a sudden you've got this electric element that's coming in it. And then we're like, how do we do that live? And so mm -hmm. then Alex built a pedal board and he put a sub octave bass on the, on the cello channel. And I was like, I'd never heard that before, but now that you've got a pedal board, I want a pedal board. Mm -hmm. you know? So then we started kind of evolving our sound through using more different mm -hmm. pedals. You added the suitcase there. kick to help add more of a percussive element. Yeah. I picked up the mandolin and shakers so we could, just yeah. evolve and started playing guitar on more songs. So each one of us is adding something in the frequency range to help fill it out and make it feel more full, even as a trio rather than as a band. Right. B3 that sounds like Bach. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So on on ten black crows is that a kick drum that I'm hearing then, or what is that? What is the oh in the acoustic version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually yeah. a suitcase kick drum. Yeah. Okay. Um, tried to use for that one because we basically 
uh, recorded that in our home studio for the yeah. acoustic album. Exactly. And we wanted to sort of just capture what it is that we do live um, and just make it basically a better version, a mm -hmm. more studio gloss version of what we would sound like as a three-piece live. So, yeah, I did actually use the the, 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 suitcase, yeah. the suitcase for that, which has a little floor tom cut out to fit inside a Samsonite suitcase and a little sound hot the back. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of fun seeing how it converts. But, yeah, there's not really much percussion on there other right. than that and her tambourine. Yeah. The sound yeah. guy at Saxon, Richard Blessum, when he, he was sound checking that suitcase, he was like, Man, that thing sounds fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to rush sound check, and he's like, "It sounds so good." Let's play a little more. Yeah, yeah. It's like, who would have thought a kick could sound like a suitcase could sound yeah. good? You know? Yeah. Because it's way more convenient for size wise as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, and the look of it's fun. People are like, mm. "Oh my gosh, it's a suitcase!" Like, it's well, just a kick drum so you inside have, of one. Do you have your logo on it then? Or you no, no we should. I, play, I play it backwards, so there's no like real. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but today we uh, actually forgot it. So we brought the little kick pedal, but not the, not the suitcase. So we ended up using a guitar case, which actually worked just as well. The guys sure. running, Jason running the sound, mm -hmm. um, put a microphone inside of it, just cut all the highs and the mids, and all of a sudden it sounded mic'd up like it would be a full kick drum. Yeah. So yeah. pretty easy. Good you had so many people complimenting <laughs> yeah. the use of the guitar case, and they were like, that's so unique, that's so cool. And we were like, that's not what we do, actually. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I should do that more often. You know? <laughs> we're like, well, that was an accident. But yeah, we're like, like, always tell you. Yeah, exactly right. We may do to that. We're like, yes, we just really like the sound of a guitar yeah, case. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're just really creative. <laughs> so, um, so, like, working on the new album, then, like, mm -hmm. what was your vision going in? And, like, now that it's done, you know, what... With the finished product, like what's your well take on the first album is finished. The second album, we're, we're, halfway, uh, we're actually still halfway. chipping away at it. So we, we recorded half of it last year, going into summer. Oh, okay. My and then we, no, no, you're fine. And, and then we then we continued to play out more songs. Yeah. So we're still actually still had some songwriting to do, to be honest. Okay. Um, but we're yeah, doing it in an atypical fashion, where mm. the album is a concept album, so it's going to be called Of Sea and Sky. So the first half that we're releasing singles from now yeah. is Sky. Yeah. So we've got Something in the Stars. The next one coming out in May is called Underneath the Blood Moon. Songs that kind of follow that, that vibe. And then we'll release the full first half just digitally and then start trickling out singles from the second half until the full album is released with the physical forms, with vinyl, with CDs, all that. So it's a very atypical way of releasing, but it gives us time to finish writing the album to start releasing the first half and to tour enough to make money to be able to afford the second half. In today's day and age, it's just so expensive. Oh, we were really close to just doing two EPs, just mm -hmm. for the logical yeah. financial investment on that. That's a good segue. So talk about, I mean, because we've seen that just from the bands that we've talked to in the past year, like it, you're really seeing that it's more single driven. It's mm -hmm. not album driven anymore. Yeah. yeah. Even like bands that are releasing albums, uh, when we've done album reviews, we have definitively noticed that the bands are like stocking the, or like stacking the front side, like, you know, yeah. side A well, that's, of the album. Yeah. Like, you know, the yeah. bangers. Yeah, the bangers. Like the, you know, yeah. That's an interesting observation because I feel like they've always done that. I feel like even, I'm looking back even as early as like the 90s where 
all of the singles for a band's CD was always the first half of the album. And the sleeper mm-hmm. singles like, might have been like track seven, right? Yeah, the bass side by Yeah. Side A was yeah. their good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. nowadays, what I find interesting is the juxtaposition between single culture leaking out singles, like basically leak your whole album as singles mm-hmm. and then release it. But people are buying more vinyl than ever, which is a whole album experience. So it, it, a weird contradiction between like physical sales and digital. Right. Uh, it's tailoring, to the, yeah. tailoring to the streaming market, I think is a yeah. 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 It's true. It is pretty crazy when you look at the analytics, like of Luxembourg, for example, we released six singles from Luxembourg out of a 13 track album. Okay. Same as we're going to do the exact same for this next album because it worked so well. And it's amazing how many more plays you get on the songs you release as singles versus the ones you don't, not because they're better or worse, just because everything is designed for singles nowadays. So songs that our fans love live, we play in every show like Into the Eye, which is an instrumental between these two that's incredible. And it's always people's favorites. And we didn't release it as a single. And it's got like a thousand plays on Spotify in comparison to the other ones that have a hundred thousand or things like that. So it's pretty crazy how people can love a full album, but they want a physical version. So if you're trying to get any streaming analytics, you kind of have to release singles. I think we're, we're also lucky that because we play like Americana and folk, mm-hmm. we do see a lot of physical sales. Mm-hmm. Um, the demographic we typically play to does buy. Does help. Yeah. Yeah, it buys a it lot does. of CDs. If you're top 40 or, or you know, I have radio material, mm-hmm. you're not... Selling oh, as many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not as much. It's the single yeah, yeah, culture yeah, yeah. in, in yeah. that world, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the shelf life has been improved as well. I, I feel like a single can, uh, 10 years later, still find its place, which is kind of incredible. That was the, the benefit moving away from, I guess, the radio model a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, they it's... They call it one hit wonder, they don't call it one album wonder. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, right, you're That's right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that, like, for us, though, like, if you're going to approach the, uh, the idea of trying to do an album... Then you're doing the album because you want to be recognized within the industry because you want to have that same respect. Like it's, there's not actually much benefit financially to doing an entire album. Mm. It would make more sense for the uh, current algorithm sense to be uh, doing single releases or yep. EP releases. Um, but I think for us, it's like we grew up in an album generation mm-hmm. and we all have our favorite albums and we want to one day have someone be like, I love your album. Like I love every song top to bottom. Start to finish. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a piece of art. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's a yeah, story. That's what it feels it's a full like. story. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just skipping chapters. You're skipping pages. You're mm-hmm. not getting the full picture. Yeah. And I think two bands are getting creative now because of this push now for singles and like EPs and so on. It's like, for example, a, a band, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, but Manchester Orchestra. Oh, yes, Manchester. we love them. So, yeah. So, so that good. new EP that they put out, yeah. if you've watched the YouTube video that's associated with it, nah. it's amazing. It's 26 minutes long. It goes, it's basically the soundtrack for the album. Mm-hmm. Go, and like, so it's a visual and, you know, audio like, yeah. presentation of music. Yeah. And it's... Fleetboxes did the same as well. Yeah, they yeah. did, which is really cool. Yeah. Mr. Pecknold and the boys. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh man. So you spoke about you spoke the Lord Lord Huron. That, that's yeah. a big influence. Oh, we got to see those guys last mm. uh, yeah, last summer. They're uh, so good. Really good. It's like bringing back the riffs and it's like stylized somehow spaghetti western mm-hmm. somehow folk. It's the reverb. We love the use of like bringing back reverb. 
Because it's not capturing a space. A lot of people yeah. keep telling us to stop using reverb because they're like, that's not what's popular. And we're like, but it sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Lord here. And I was like, no, we're going to drench it in reverb. Yeah. We're going to stylize, <laughs> stylize the whole record. Yeah. But also, you can hear it's just like, like the war drugs kind of like yeah. sounds mm-hmm. well. Like, to mm-hmm. me, it was also the difference of like independent artists to label budget. When you mm-hmm. break down the amount of instrumentation that's in the, the latest album, it's that's high budget. Like yeah. you, you couldn't afford to bring that many musicians on at right. an independent uh, level. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool to hear those the thoughts that have been there probably for quite a while. These may, these may not be new songs for Lord Heron, but to hear how the execution was on that whole album, it's like it's such a journey. Yeah. And I think that that's like the goal of a lot of musicians now is like is is wanting to take a listener on a journey with them. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I love the soundscape thing. We're like, yeah, if, if it pop, pops up on your Spotify or whatever you listen to, Apple Title, all that, then it's like it sticks out because it doesn't feel the same or sound the same as, say, what everyone else is doing, mm-hmm. which it's hard to do, hard to sound original. So let's talk about social media and, mm. and that game that we have to play as bands, as podcasts, as anybody in this business. Do we love it? Do we hate it? Do we, you know, speak on that? <laughs> we'll let Danny speak on that. <laughs> I think I'm the only one that likes it. <laughs> and I think I realized since nursing is my day job, I never really like thought about doing any marketing or social media or booking or anything. But I ended up really liking the music business, really liking the social media and the marketing and thinking about the psychology behind like what people like what posts get the most traction how is it like how can you create something that will reach more people outside of just your core group looking at other people and getting examples from what they do so i really like that um which is why i I get i get to do it (laughs) it's, it's a it's a walking a fine line between talking to your fans and selling your music to your fans like that's a you know an interesting it was an interesting take and I was like yeah you're you're, you're kind of right because you don't yeah. want to feel fake mm-hmm. you know you don't want to sound like in in uh, in genuine you know mm-hmm. but at the same time you are a product you know? yes like yeah. you are yeah. mm-hmm. we, we we talk about the highlight reel of of social media where unfortunately like it's not really a place to complain which I think a lot of people still do, but I think that it's really important to focus on all of the great things that happen on the road. So then by proxy, people see the highlights of your experience yeah. rather than experiencing what it's like to actually live in a van with a couple of people and a dog, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's some low lights too, you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> nobody wants to see someone no, underwear. No. <laughs> so if, if someone's like, Hey, you guys are doing so great. Then you're like, the social media is what yeah, you, you know, like yeah. you are seeing exactly what we want you to see. You're, yeah. you're hearing exactly what you want, what we want you to hear. And some people don't like to hear that, which I find ironic mm-hmm. because they consume it wholeheartedly, but mm-hmm. it's all a game. We, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like TikTok, for example, is my least favorite social media platform, uh, mainly because we're it's, not to, yeah. we refuse. Yeah. Well, we resisted, we kicked and kicked and screamed, but my, my least favorite trend, especially on TikTok, is the listening to my new song for the first time with my friend in the car. And you know, it's the fourth time that they're doing that. And it's like, it's the girl's roommate and you know, she's in every video and she like, the song's been out for two years. And she, right. it's so it's like obviously yeah, disingenuous yeah. and it yeah. feels bad yeah. and they should feel bad. 
that. <laughs> yeah, it it's really is. Words. But like, but these like people don't know. People are naive, and they go, "Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, what a nice way to conveniently set up your camera perfectly in a car while you're driving." And yeah, don't get me started. Yeah. Yeah. It's reality TV. Is, yeah. is it scripted or is it real? You know, like. But that's yeah. what social media is. Yep. So I, I think it is extremely powerful and it's just a necessary evil. Yep. Like I, I think we're very lucky as independent artists to be able to have something like the internet. We need it. Yeah. We need it. Yeah. We can be jaded when we speak about it, when in reality, like, yeah. Yes, yeah. it is really a lifeline. It gives you an yeah. opportunity yeah. to be heard amongst it and it actually takes away some of the power from major labels. Mm-hmm. So, it's true. Well, yeah. and I think... I kind of disagree a little bit about social media needing to be a highlight reel because I think that's how it used to be like five to 10 years ago. And now I think everyone's got a different purpose for their social media account. And ours we've realized as we traveled more and fell in love with traveling, we were like, it's more of like a blog for us, like a way to connect with people in a way to just be like, Hey, this is where we are now. This is where we are now. It's a documentation of where we're at. And I think people like to be let in when something really sucks when you're like, hey, we just got this stolen. We yeah. are super yeah. poor. But then you don't have to talk about that all the time. But I think right. when you, you show little moments like that, yeah. it's real. People, You can let people into those tough moments. And I think that it's, I think it's actually important oh, I mean, to like, do that. And GoFundMe as well. Like those mm-hmm. kind of kicks. Like we did it. We ran a Kickstarter for our first album. Okay. And okay. Mm-hmm. We, talk about that. we wouldn't yeah. have yeah. been able to afford to market that album. It changed our lives. Like we wouldn't completely. have been able to afford to do any music videos. Like, mm-hmm. and one of those music videos is currently a semi-finalist in the uh, international songwriting competition. So, you know, yeah. this is all because of our fans. Like, we we cannot thank yep. the supporters enough because that direct line keeps us going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, there's some massive flaws, but there's so some huge. We flaws. find out if we're if, if we win. Well, I, don't uh, know, I think actually. end of March, end so of it's March, probably yeah. coming up soon. Well, wow. I think they'll we're in the semifinals, and then they'll announce the finals, yeah. and then they'll announce. The winners, yeah. so we'll see. There's a second song in it too, which is the instrumental that they okay. do. So that's also in the semifinals for the instrumental category. That would be a huge. Honor. It would be really awesome. Yeah. So we'll see. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of people that applied, so we really did not expect to even get into semifinals. It's, yeah, yeah, those little things mm-hmm. keep you go. Okay, well maybe we really do need to continue it, pushing this. Yeah, sure. and it's <laughs> global. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's global. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. You got to celebrate the little victories. I think that's what it's all about. You know, not every uh, every night is going to be your Woodstock. You know, <laughs> but you should play like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We were saying every time we get in a really bad headspace, which yeah. I think that we expected that would be during the pandemic, where we're like, "Where are we going? This sucks. Should we quit?" But I think it's happened more post pandemic. Mm. Because the opportunities just keep getting like smaller and smaller for independent artists just because it's so expensive. Um, so a lot of acts we know are really disheartened by, is that the right word? Disheartened. Disheartened. <laughs> by the current state of the music world. So every time we hit a really bad low in the past six months and went, oh, do we need to just quit? Then we got really good news the next day like the isc competition yeah. so we're it's like yeah, maybe we need to have more bad news because <laughs> yeah, yeah. then we have good news the next day <laughs> so so talk tell the fans and tell tell our audience like mm. what what should we expect i know you said about the album being released next year correct mm-hmm. what for the rest of the year like touring wise what are we <laughs> what what should we expect you know what well uh there'll be a lot of singles coming out we are yeah. doing the rollout 
yeah. style that everyone's doing at the moment. So there'll probably be right. six singles throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we are planning another tour for New Zealand uh, okay. to promote that album as well. Uh, we're going to do our first European tour as just a duo to sort of dip the toes in the water and see how it goes over in Europe. Okay. Um, when, when, will the, when will that happen? That'll be in August. In August. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So between now and then, we do have to finish writing that album and recording it. So April uh, will be a busy time for that. We're going to be in the studio March 31st. Yeah. So we have about 10 days to finish writing that album. Okay. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> but in, it's in, fine. In amongst that, there's more stuff. I don't know what we can and can't talk about yet. What places will be. Meadowgrass and. Um, in May in Colorado mm-hmm. would probably be the, the, the first bigger festival that we'll be playing at. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Meadowgrass? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, and we can also talk about Milan Music as well. We'll okay. be back at that again yep. this year in Wisconsin. Okay. So there's a few things on the, on the cards, but not all of it can be uh, divulged just yet. So, yeah. 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 Of course. But no, it'll be another great year. Just sort of take it as it comes and keep building, you know. So Alex does a lot of session work around Nashville too, and I, I've mm-hmm. got into producing for other artists as well. So. Yeah. We're trying to diversify a bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Danny's also still working as a nurse as well, you know. Get to go back to my day job in four days. Yeah, yeah. It's been a nice month off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to hang with the family in New Zealand as well as mm-hmm. the South by Southwest. So it's been kind of a crazy month for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for doing this. This has been a pleasure. I hope it was as much fun as it was for me as it was for you guys. Thank you so much. Great. Thank, thank you. you. So, guys, uh, this has been... The Music Lab Podcast. And I'm Dal. Thank you to our sponsors, uh, Roar Outfitters and Rooster Stone. Uh, peace and one love. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Roar Outfitters, we are an independent, family owned clothing company for all ages. Check out our inventory of shirts and hoodies at www.raroutfitters.com and follow our social media pages. Don't just wear... Come on over to roosterstone.com where you can book the band for any event you can imagine. Acoustic, full band, whatever your event may require. You can also email us to take online music lessons at an affordable monthly price. Don't forget to download our original music and like, follow, and subscribe to Rooster Stone across all social media platforms. Keep rocking out at roosterstone.com.